Khuni, The Crimes of India is a thoroughly researched podcast that uses publicly available documents, reports and books and associated media to provide listeners with a complete picture of the week's case. The following content is often graphic and regularly uncomfortable. Mentions of assault, bodily harm and death may follow. Khuni, The Crimes of India does not condone any actions mentioned in the episode. Minors are advised to exercise caution before proceeding. Thank you. Gurcharan Singh was confused, very, very confused. Every morning, his neighbor's reliable old grocery shop would open by 6 a.m. in the morning. People needed bread, milk and eggs in the morning. Sometimes they would be kind enough to open it as early as 5.30 a.m. But today, the milk van driver was outside and was honking over and over again and no one answered. The shop belonged to the Chudavat family. Everyone knew them. This was a tightly knit mohalla in Buradi. They knew each other's schedules, not because they were prying, but you lived so close to each other, you shared stuff. People knew about each other's loss, little victories. They celebrated if any of the kids did well at school. The older kids would tutor the younger ones if they needed extra push. They shared recipes for pickles, laddus and all kinds of other tarkari. The point is, in Buradi, they knew each other like family. So Gurcharan Singh was very, very confused when he realized that the Chudavat's grocery store, which opened at 6 a.m. every morning without fail for years, was still shut at 7. He spoke to the other neighbors who were just as mystified as he was. How come not a single member of the family was out of the house? There were 11 people in the family. They had a dog. There were kids. So Gurcharan, along with another neighbor, Ramwati, decided to investigate. They had just reached the iron grill of the entrance to the house when Gurcharan, who was ahead of Ramwati, suddenly became tense. He immediately asked her to step back and not come any further. Ramwati became scared. Gurcharan looked like he had seen a ghost. She didn't know just then that whatever Gurcharan saw that morning inside the house would probably haunt him forever. Namaste, Namaskaram. Welcome back to another Khuni episode. Actually, welcome back to the last Khuni episode for this year. Yep, that's right. Festival season is starting and Aditi and I are taking our break. But to be completely honest, we won't really be away from the airwaves. Yeah, we actually have something very important lined up for this period as well. Uh, So keep following uh, our socials for more updates and follow and subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss anything. Also, we hope you liked. We hope you liked our collab with Aman over at the Pod Store. Once again, please, please check out his podcast. It's quite amazing, and he also has a YouTube channel, so you can look, look at that as well. Okay, so today's episode is a macabre one. Not that the other episodes aren't, but this one is especially morbid. This is the story of the Buradi hangings. So Buradi lies in North Delhi, and fun fact about Buradi. Apparently, it's famous for having the smallest house in Delhi NCR. It's a big tourist attraction. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about it. <laughs> but is it though? What, smallest house? No, dude. Fun fact. 
ओके स्नेहा आई जस्ट वॉन्टेड टू से समथिंग इंटरेस्टिंग अबाउट बुराडी बिफोर वी जम्प इन टू द मॉर्बिडनेस ऑफ इट ऑल आई एम जस्ट सेंग आई गॉट इट आई गॉट इट ऑल्सो मनोज तिवारी इज द एम पी फ्रॉम बुराडी दैट्स फन फैक्ट नंबर टू टेक्निकली फन फैक्ट नंबर वन बिकॉज फन फैक्ट वन वॉज इंट एक्चुअली अ फन फैक्ट ओके फाइन मूविंग ऑन सो द चुनावत फॉर द लार्जेस्ट फैमिली इन दर लेन They belonged to Rajasthan, but they lived in Haryana before finally moving to Burari in northern Delhi in 1989 or 1990. The patriarch of the family was Bhopal Singh. He was married to Narayan Devi, and together they had five kids: three sons, two daughters. The oldest son, Dinesh, lived in an in their old native place in Rajasthan with his uh, with his own family, where he managed their business. The second son Bhavnesh joined his father in Delhi in 1993 along with his wife Savita and daughter Neeru. The daughter Prathiba had been married to an alcoholic and an abusive man in Haryana and she became widowed unfortunately and her in-laws were not treating her so well. So Bhopal Singh brought her to Delhi as well in the mid 90s. She also moved with her young daughter Priyanka. And there was a second daughter Sujata uh she is still alive uh, and because she lived in another city with her family and there was the youngest son lalit he had always lived with his parents and remained so in delhi as well so like any other normal family the churavat family had seen their share of ups and downs in life we don't know much about bhopal singh's life before delhi but lalit the youngest son suffered from a string of bad luck as a young man As a student in intermediate college he met with an accident he had to repeat his junior year and then in a senior year he fell ill again and had to drop out completely so this effectively ended his dream of becoming a doctor so he turned his attention to business instead for 10 years he worked in a plywood shop in delhi with time he got married and had a son So life seemed to be going well for once when another tragedy would strike Lalit. So the exact sequence of events and background of the situation is not clear but someone pushed Lalit underneath sheets of plywood and set the sheets on fire. Poor Lalit survived somehow but lost his voice in the ordeal and this was in 2004. 3 years later Lalit's life would be rocked by yet another tragedy. In 2007 Bhopal Singh lost his life to a respiratory illness. This was a major blow to Lalit since he was exceptionally close to his father. In fact, I think Bhopal Singh's demise was a blow to the entire family and their neighbors as well because he was considered a benevolent presence in the locality. He was affectionately called daddy not just by the family but also other people who were close to them. Both Bhopal Singh and Narayan Devi were super friendly and helpful. Some of their neighbors considered them parent figures they were so deeply involved in their lives but obviously Lalit was the closest and he was also the hardest hit however the family moved on from this tragedy eventually over time they expanded their business bhavnesh owned and managed the kirana shop lalit opened a plywood shop next door they were also working on a third shop the whole family lived in a multi story house The shops were on the ground floor of the same house. Pratibha's daughter Priyanka eventually found a job in the city as well, and she was respected at work and nobody had any complaints about her behavior with other people. Pratibha and Priyanka both tutored the kids in their neighborhood with Priyanka pitching in on the weekends. On 17th June 2018, the 33-year-old Priyanka got engaged. 
the whole family and their neighbors gathered for the occasion it was a very happy time and she was to be wed by the end of the year the point of all of this is to say that the chunavat family was doing very well in life they were all comfortably well off they had a good rapport with the people around them their neighbors close friends and employees and the point is they all seemed normal and happy which is why no one could believe it when they heard that the family all 11 of them who lived in that multi story house in buradi committed suicide in just one night we go back to where we started the episode on the morning of 1st june 2018 only 2 weeks after priyanka's engagement neighbors realized that bhavnesh had not opened his shop at 6 am in the morning like he usually does at around 7 am people went to the house to check up on them their neighbor gurcharan singh was the first one to spot the scene inside the home all the members were hanging by nooses around their neck in the same room sarees or dupattas had been used as nooses for everyone most of the members were blindfolded and had their hands tied behind their back everyone was hanging except narayan devi the septuagenarian matriarch of the family who was found lying on the floor the family also had a dog which was found tied up on the terrace the dog was in a very bad shape he was weak and had high fever when the authorities found him the first policeman on the scene was completely stumped overnight buradi went from being a nondescript unknown place in north delhi to the stuff of nightmares everyone's first thought was that no way the family would have thought of taking their lives they had so much to live for they were prosperous they were n- there were no immediate tragedies there was supposed to be a wedding in the family in a few months among the deceased members were two young 15 year old boys they were lalit's sons their friends reported nothing suspicious about their behavior in fact the previous night mere hours before the horrible incidents incident the boys had been playing cricket with their friends the police soon contacted one of the only living members of the family dinesh who lived in rajasthan away from them dinesh could not believe his ears he was the oldest son he had been in regular touch with his family and he had never heard anything that may have set off alarm bells many people initially believed this to be murder that was probably staged like a suicide to throw the police off their trail but like we mentioned earlier as well the chudavats didn't have any enemies they were very social and kind the family was well behaved there was no reason to hate them especially to the extent of family annihilation another theory could be robbery but nothing was reported missing from the house so while everybody was speculating about whether this was mass suicide or murder the police were able to get their hands on several journals that belonged to lalit chudavat just to recap lalit chudavat was the youngest son of bhopal singh and narayan devi it looked like a couple of other people had written in the journals apart from lalit from the looks of it one of these was priyanka his niece who was about to get married very soon the journals paint the picture of a deeply superstitious family undergoing some kind of collective delusion so remember we mentioned that lalit had lost his voice in an incident it appears that he miraculously regained his voice on his father's teravi which is the 13th day of mourning in a hindu household 
he proclaimed that it was not his own voice but his deceased father bhopal singh speaking through him from that point onwards lalit had become convinced that he was a vessel for his father's atma or soul first he told his family that he had become possessed by the spirit of his dead father i don't know if his family was concerned at this point or not but the thing is lalit's wife tina did not speak with her sisters and other relatives about this but lalit wasn't displaying any disturbing behavior you mean other than claiming that he was a human vessel for a ghost yeah besides that he did not show any <laughs> other weird behavior so i'm assuming that his family thought it was just grief manifesting as some kind of delusion he had become reclusive after his father passed lalit had also become very religious he started doing a lot of puja and he would worship trees and feed animals all ostensibly at the behest of his father's spirit lalit's demeanor changed over time he started acting more and more like bhopal singh According to a report in the print he started sitting at the head of the table and lecturing other members of the family about their life it is unclear how his family received this change in dynamics because remember there are many family members in the house who are older than lalit for instance his older brother bhavnesh what about the oldest dinesh i get that he wasn't living there but he had to know right they must talk over the phone and dinesh probably visited his family on and off Yeah so Dinesh knew that his family was becoming more and more religious and he admits as much but he doesn't realize the extent to which this was happening and there's another thing as well Lalit himself was becoming increasingly controlling and paranoid within the family obviously if any of the family members had been alive they would have had more insight into this but even certain outsiders noticed a few things for example he was dead set against his teenage sons owning and using mobile phones Priyanka worked in Noida but she was not allowed any late nighters. Okay but these are normal right in conservative families I mean it's nothing very astonishing. Yeah so like I said these were just the things that outsiders noticed. I mean we also know that he recorded his anger at being disobeyed in his journals. I mean not his personal anger but his father's anger through him. There are a lot of entries in the journals that talk about punishment for the family members who did not comply with all the lifestyle changes being enforced on them. The diary entries take an almost scolding tone, yeah, and Lalit does not spare even himself. In one of the entries, Lalit and his wife Tina are asked to sleep on the floor for a month as punishment for something. The members of the family are warned of dire consequences if they object to things they're being asked to do. that if they obey the directives of the quote unquote copy in any way horrible things will happen to them what's a copy copy is all, all these 11 journals that uh, ah, okay. lalit has been writing okay, since okay. 2015 so dinesh and sujata were excluded from the ritual because they were non vegetarian and dinesh drank alcohol sometimes narayan devi used to talk to sujata about all the lifestyle changes as well but sujata and her husband you know they used to brush them off as mumbo jumbo so after that no one in the family ever mentioned these things again to her and this was a common theme in their interactions with everyone if they didn't believe in the things that the family was doing the family would simply stop mentioning all the religious and superstitious stuff to them altogether so this could be why no one realized how deep their beliefs were possibly right Yeah, for sure. 
they were able to see that the family was religious. I mean, they were praying three times a day. But the Churavats were careful to be secretive about all the occult stuff. Okay, I think I'm finding it kind of difficult, okay, to believe that how everyone in the family seems to be falling for Lalit's beliefs. There must be someone who must have been like, fuck this. Yeah, even I don't understand that. I mean, this is a large family. The thing is, this had been happening over a very long period of time, right? The journals themselves start from 2015. But behavioral changes started right after Bhopal Singh's death itself. And for around a decade, the family was becoming more religious, becoming vegetarian, partaking in this weird secret that Lalit was indeed a vessel for a dead man. And during this time, the family did prosper a lot. They managed to open two shops. The third one was being planned. Uh, they added a story to the house. Uh, Priyanka managed to get a job. And despite being 33, which for conservative Hindu families is very, very old, she was finally getting married. So good things were happening to the family, right? Mm-hmm. And Lalit managed to convince them that it was because of the changes he was introducing. He made it sound like Bhopal Singh was watching over the family and bringing them all this good fortune. So all they had to do was obey all of his directions. That's all. This may have cemented their beliefs in Lalit. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Also, very cultish behavior. Lalit seems to be like your typical charismatic leader and he's brainwashing his whole family to show his ideology And he's doing that thing where he's claiming to speak the deceased. And he's doing that thing where he's claiming to speak the deceased patriarch of his family. Sorry, what? Okay. (coughs) And he's doing that thing where he's claiming to speak for the deceased patriarch of his family. Similar to how many cult leaders claim that they're vessels of God. Yeah. So Robert J. Lifton, he's a psychiatrist from America and he also taught at Harvard Medical School at one point. He wrote a paper on cult formation and this is way back in 1996. He says that one of the first aspects of cults is milieu control. So the cult leader will try to control the social exposure of the members. This is so that they are not exposed to ideas that oppose the teachings of the cult. Okay, so Lalit didn't explicitly forbid contact with outsiders right like in a Jim Jones sort of a manner I mean the whole reason no one could believe that the family had issues is because no one in the family was acting strange and everything seems to be going normally a family of 11 living in isolation would have raised flags maybe not now but like yeah back then Yeah, no, he didn't isolate them socially, but he did control information inflow into the house. Oh yeah, people who ridiculed or disbelieved their views like Dinesh and Sujata were not included in these discussions any further. Uh, Okay, and the boys were not given any phones, so maybe that prevented them from accessing any information online. Yeah, totally. There was a clear psychological isolation of all the members. Lifton also talks about insistence on purity and confession. And this is so evident in all the diaries. Yeah, he threatens family members if they disobey, like very clearly. Like if they don't obey him completely, all the bad things that happen to the family will be their fault. And that's a lot of pressure to be put on old people or young kids or anyone for that matter. And he punished the members who disobeyed. So yeah. 
very cultish behavior yep yep the diaries also insist on complete faith so it is creating these thought crimes right within the family it's not enough for the members to simply do what they're being told to do but they also have to believe and if they don't believe then all the bad things that happen eventually will be their fault there is a very specific entry in the diary which says quote dhanteras aakar chale gaye kisi ki purani galti ke abhav se kuch prapti se dur ho अगली दिवाली न मना सको चेतावनी को नज़रअंदाज करने के बजाय गौर किया करो सो बेसिकली इट मीन्स धनतेरस हैज़ कम एंड गॉन यू हैव नॉट अचीव्ड योर गोल्स बिकॉज ऑफ समवंस मिस्टेक्स इट इज़ पॉसिबल यू वोंट बी एबल टू सेलिब्रेट नेक्स्ट दिवाली पे अटेंशन टू माय वार्निंग्स इंस्टेड ऑफ इग्नोरिंग दैम हुज मिस्टेक one of the family members i'm assuming the diary also also mentions quote dhruv's phone habit hey dhruv was lalit's own teenage son right yeah yeah so remember i mentioned that the ha, sons ha, ha. were not allowed yeah, phones yeah 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 so serious things are being blamed on the family for not following the guidelines of the journals for instance they were getting their house built and it got delayed you know the construction mm-hmm. got delayed and lalit blamed his family or even delay in priyanka's marriage and her manglik dosh was being blamed on the family and their failure to obey all the rules this is stupidly insane no wonder everyone in the family was towing the line imagine something bad happens to your family and everyone is convinced that it is because you did not follow some arbitrary set of rules everyone else will blame you even yeah. if you had nothing to do with the bad thing So what choice do you really have? Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of stress on being virtuous, right? So the diary mentions that the family should do good deeds all the time. Ah, which may explain why the chudavats were everyone's favorite, right? They had to have been mandated to be helpful to everyone. Good deeds. Exactly. There's an entry admonishing some female member of the family because she's very quarrelsome with the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why they're probably so polite to everyone. Yeah, could be, or maybe we know they give them the benefit of doubt. They were just good people. The family was also encouraged to read these journals like again and again, over and over. Ah, like their own personal scripture. Hmm, interesting. Yep. So Lalit is psychologically sequestering his family. This is this seems to have been super effective. He's not confining them in any way. He's not ask not asking them to do drastic things. Just little changes coupled with all this messiah type behavior. all very low intensity stuff so this way people in the family are not alarmed and he is also discouraging talking to outsiders about their plans so no one is questioned about this yeah although i don't know what the condition of lalit's mind was did he actually believe that his father was speaking mm. through him which indicates mental illness or was he just pretending so that he could control the family because other than his delusional ideas no one thought anything was wrong with him there are entries in the diary where lalit and his wife tina are upheld as examples to be followed by the rest of the family members wow. so overall they were controlling the other members considerably all of which are hallmarks of a cult exactly another thing the journals mention are wandering souls they say that bhopal singh and other deceased members of the extended family had actually not attained salvation and they were wandering the earth as spirits and the family members had to perform rituals that would facilitate their crossing <laughs> over so to say sorry <laughs> i just find this very funny <laughs> but <laughs> yeah <laughs> So in these diaries lies the clue to what happened on that night in June. The title of the journal was "Quote and Quote Road to God," 
so clearly there was some salvation type theme running through it it seems that the family had been planning the final ritual for months the journals mention something called a bud tapasya bud is a banyan tree it is sacred for hindus it is also associated with ghosts and the paranormal tapasya means penance so i don't know if bud tapasya is a real thing or not i couldn't find anything online but to the family it meant arranging themselves in the banyan tree in a banyan tree like formation similar to the hanging roots of the banyan tree apparently the ritual was gratitude for fixing priyanka's wedding so she was manglik and they had been having some trouble finding a good match for her neither aditi nor i know what being a mangling is <laughs> all we know is that it is undesirable for someone to be manglik i think if you're manglik and if you marry someone who's non manglik they die after marriage like how oh remember they made ashwara rai marry a tree or a dog or something yeah yes yeah so like yep yep exactly yeah, that that so that po- first person dies and your husband won't die <laughs> stupid but yeah yeah okay so it, this just seems like a very convenient way to pin the death of a husband on his widow i'm sh- oh wait does that mean black widows are mangliks <laughs> Black widows intentionally kill their husbands. Over here, the death of a husband is being pinned on his innocent wife. That's what happens to Manglik women. Ah, uh, this is interesting. See, see, I learn so many things in this podcast. <laughs> There's a learning every single episode. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much men are blamed by their in-laws if their wives die. Okay. Firstly, they just wait a respectable length of time and start planning their next wedding. That's what happens in India. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Anyway, so the method of the ritual had been meticulously jotted down in the journal. It seems that they were not supposed to die, or at least they didn't believe that they would die. They thought they would achieve something great after this ritual. The family taped all their phones, some jewelry, and cash in a drawer with other puja items. They taped their mouths shut and covered their heads with cloth from the same bed sheet. Their hands and feet were tied up. Only Tina's hands were free, indicating that she had been the one to tie everyone up. The diary also mentions other steps like stuffing wet cloth in everyone's mouths and cotton bud in ears. I don't know if that happened or not. They ordered rotis from a nearby dhaba. One of the steps was for everyone to eat food from their mother's hands. The food was supposed to be ordered at 10 p.m. The boy who delivered the rotis was probably the last person to see them alive. They assembled in the hall where the family had built a small temple. On the ceiling of the hall was a rectangular hole with grills attached, sort of like a sunroof. They all purchased new dupattas for this. They also purchased stools. There is actually this very eerie CCTV footage of Savita, Bhavnesh's wife, and her daughter Neetu where they were seen carrying these stools into the house nine of the members were supposed to stand underneath the grill roof bhavnesh and lalit were to stand next to each other their respective wives again next to each other and all the children around each other pratibha the widowed daughter of bhopal singh was made to stand next to the mandir the ritual could only be performed on tuesday saturday or sunday at 1 am in the morning so the intervening night of 30th june and 1st July was chosen which was the weekend there were signs of a havan that had been performed so the ritual must have lasted long 
ओके वॉट इज अ हवन अरे हवन इज दैट पूजा यू डू ना विद फायर एंड देन यू थ्रो स्टफ इन So it appears that the members of the family did not really expect to die. The diary mentions that the family would keep a cup of water in the room and when the color changes they would be rescued by the spirit of Bhopal Singh. The diary also tells them to not be afraid and keep reciting their prayers no matter what happens. So in all probability they were just thinking that they would survive this by divine intervention. The Central Forensic Lab sorry The Central Forensic Science Lab conducted something known as a psychological autopsy which was a new term I heard while researching this case. Psychological autopsy involves creating a psychological profile to determine the mental state of someone who is already deceased. So investigators will look at anything that might affect the mental health of a person like a history of substance abuse, criminal history, uh, they also conduct interviews with family, friends and others. They check phone records, you know, like messages, emails or browser history. The point is to reconstruct the deceased person's life just before their death by suicide so that suicide can be confirmed. This method was developed by the director of uh, Los Angeles Suicide Prevention Center Edwin Schneidman. When it comes to criminal investigations, psychological autopsy has been done thrice so far in India, uh, once in Sunanda Pushkar's case, then Burari and most recently for Sushant Singh Rajput. So for the Churavath family, the report indicated that they were not actually suicidal, they were simply taking part in a ritual they believed they would survive. Oh god. and for years lalit basically just gaslighted them into believing that they had to do it for the good of the family otherwise something bad will happen to them yeah they went in thinking that they would still be alive in the end and but there was obviously no way what if they've been forced into this could be possible i am not sure about that because the autopsy mentions that they all died of antemortem injuries from partial hanging this is the standard cause of death in suicides There was no additional injuries so at least uh, no one used any physical force to put the noose around anyone's neck. Okay, but could they have been drugged? Would that explain the lack of defensing wounds? No poison found in the blood and nothing abnormal in their viscera. Look, I'm not going to call this voluntary because technically it's exactly. not. I'm sure dissent was not tolerated in that house and everyone just got used to doing whatever Lalit demanded of them. I saw the CCTV footage dude it's so creepy not just the video of them getting the stools but footage from 30th June where they were all going about their lives normally Bhavnesh is opening up his shop in the morning Priyanka and Pratibha can be seen on their morning walk I mean everyone is so normal they were not worried about the ritual at all there must be some part of their brain that was like hey listen forget what Lalit uncle says Hanging by the noose is a sure fire way to die. So maybe don't. I have two words for you. Shared psychosis. So I don't want to be an armchair psychologist here, but this term was used for what the Chunavat family underwent. Shared psychosis is considered a subset of a del- of delusional disorder. Delusional disorder is characterized by firmly held false beliefs that persist for at least 1 month without other symptoms of psychosis. Psychosis is different because that involves hallucinations, disorganized speech or behavior, etc. And since the family, including Lalit, were acting normal in front of others, they were probably not psychotic, just deluded. 
Yeah. So shared psychosis usually occurs in a person or a group of people, usually a family, who are related to a person with a significant delusional disorder or schizophrenia. So this probably meant that the family members were unable to question the very dangerous things Lalit was making them do. I was here actually I was going to make a Jonestown comparison just like I did earlier but in Jonestown not everyone was on board with the suicide plan a lot of people wanted to escape and leave and yeah, actually yeah. a lot of people ran away into those forests and they were practically yep. force fed poison and I think people went around shooting people who were not dead after the whole everyone finished yep. drinking I think a more apt comparison would be heaven's gate Marshall Applewhite one. Yeah, yeah. And I also found this another more similar incident from Bangladesh which happened in 2007. A family of 9 people died by suicide by jumping in front of a speeding train in Maimansing. And there are so many similarities with Buradi here. First of all, the head of the family Anwar Hussain passed away of natural causes 7 years prior to the Uh, suicide and that left a deep impression on the family who all became very reclusive after his death their relationship with religion changed drastically during this whole time they wanted to be freed from the shackles of religion altogether so they went in a completely different direction but you know that experimentation with religion was there Mm-hmm. they experimented with christianity and they also did kali puja but eventually they just wanted to be completely shorn of all religion just like adam and eve and just like lalit they also recorded their thoughts in their diaries and they also believed that instead of just dying they would be reborn free just like adam wow this was 2007 yeah around the same time which bhopal singh passed away oh my god but yes but there is no connection at least i think maybe october <laughs> is kind of impairing my thinking i don't know i can't seem to get ghost the <laughs> omens out of my head normally i don't believe in all this anyway yeah okay so that was a story of buradi's chudavat family and their tragic tragic end and this is the last scheduled episode of this season and if i fa- sound like a frog horn excuse me i've been like <laughs> battling fever and cold and cough from the last 4 or 5 days and no it's not corona i've had it checked <laughs> so but like we said in the beginning we do have some stuff planned for y'all don't forget about us we would like to thank jismal joshi and uh, suyendra for buying our merch and supporting us thank you so much it means the world again i don't have to say this but please please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to us also drop in a review on apple please please in the holiday spirit please you can buy, you can still buy our merch our store will be open just like a diwali <laughs> gift so thank you so much That's it until next time this is Aditi and Sneha signing off bye bye bye